You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with Something Rather Than Nothing, and uh, really blessed to have the opportunity to talk to uh, Taylor Dean, uh, who's an artist. that I just recently encountered and, and find her work to be amazing. She also just uh, graduated, but I'm not gonna talk too long. Taylor Dean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Nice and to meet you today. Uh, big, big, big day just recently in your art uh, studies. Yes, I just graduated with my MFA from Pratt Institute yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a special, a special time. I can't imagine how much effort and time and yeah. mental energy you put into that. Absolutely. That was a lot. <laughs> All right, Taylor, to the beginning. Were you an artist when you were born? I've been thinking a lot about this question. Um, I, I do think that I have always had a propensity for the creative. Um, I can remember being a kid and um, being so enwrapped in my own created world and loving my imagination. And I was talking to my younger cousin the other day and he was like, I'm bored. And I was like, you know, I never really got bored as a kid because I was always so enwrapped in my imagination and I never really felt um, like there was a moment that was dull because of that. And I think that that is what made it easier to become an artist. Um, Obviously, I think our environments also help and that if people encourage you to become an artist or at least are open to the idea that it's easier. But I think I always needed that outlet. And so I got really into cartooning when I was a teenager um, and I tried to be a musician for a while and that did not work for me. I wasn't very good at it, <laughs> um, but art stuck. And I think that I was um, very much naturally apt to working with my hands and drawing rather than um, other types of creative activities, which I find kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And, and just to give just to give listeners a sense of things, maybe we can just drop into, you know, it, it could just chat a couple about um, a couple projects, uh, you know, a couple pieces um, that, that you've done. Uh, I, I like I said, I recently encountered your work and um, just really, really uh, drawn in. And it's it's evocative. I don't want to describe your art. I want you to kind of tell us yeah. like what, what you're up to. Yeah. um, So when I was in uh, Pratt and things were online for a period of time, I was taking a bookmaking class Um, and I'm kind of bad at following the rules. And I was just kind of like seeing how far I could push the boundaries of what a book is. And um, for my final project, I started making paper sculptures that were like folded and still using kind of the framework of a book. But um, kind of me kind of trying to break the rules as much as I could with it. And so I ended up making this kind of paper lantern like thing, or maybe it looked like a kite. I don't know. I've had it had it described both ways. But I had these watercolor paintings on every side of this, um, this paper sculpture that I made. And it was made of three boxes connected to each other, um, kind of like the tears of a cake almost. 
um, and not each uh, watercolor painting was paintings of um, landscapes I've seen in the last year in Oregon. I've been conducting anthropological studies on indigenous ancient art in the Pacific Northwest. And um, I, a lot of the paintings came from these archeological sites that I had seen the beautiful views of these places where people had lived for thousands of years before yeah. I had been there. And the spiritual power at these sites is very intense. Um, at a lot of these sites, I didn't feel comfortable using the imagery because it didn't feel like it was necessarily for me. But to, I felt that the, um, the landscape also held the same power or a similar power that these um, ancient art pieces held. Um, and I, um, yeah, I really wanted the, the viewer to feel the, um, the sublime that I felt in that moment while also kind of getting into this weird paper sculpture moment. Um, and that's kind of what drove the rest of my MFA thesis were these paper sculptures. Um, I made two other paper sculptures for my thesis. One was a pretty large paper star. And then the other one was like a nine foot tall um, paper hexagon um, sculpture that I hung from these series of ropes for my thesis that I had made myself. And um, yeah, I think that paper sculptures are really kind of a new direction for me that I'm really excited about. And I love how um, it works really well with kind of the graphic design, the Coast Salish design that I've been working in. Um, so I like silkscreen printing a lot. Um, and there was a silkscreen lab at my college and I was in there all the time. And um, so I would do digital drawings on my computer using the elements of Coast Salish design. And then I would go onto um, the silk screen and just silk screen that out onto the um, onto the paper and then glue it all together. So yeah, that's kind of my most recent body of work right now. Yeah, thank you. I've had the um, opportunity to learn more about mm -hmm. the Salish art and come in contact with with artists and um, it's been a real blessing uh, for me to be able uh, to do that and um, to see that, to see that world, um, and, and, and connect to it. And it just seems, you know, here's the thing. It seems so readily available to me, like on Instagram and I'm get to enjoy it and all this type of things. And I kind of like look behind me and be like, do you understand this? Like incredible, incredible art that's being produced. Um, and I've just moved, I've had guests from all around in, in some in Oregon, but just, I've, I've appreciated the ability to, um, uh, to, to connect with, um, Washington state, uh, tribes and, and, and such. Um, Taylor, what, or who made you who you are? I think, my life would not be the same if it wasn't for um, being a member of the Puyallup tribe that has made my life so different than what it would have been like because it's given me a community that I can connect with in a way that I feel a lot of people don't have. Um, and I also have been given a lot of opportunities that I think everyone should have in this country, but they don't. Um, because of the way that our system is set up. 
And, um, you know, I know that I couldn't have gone to college if it wasn't for the opportunities given to me by them. And um, I really am so thankful for that. I, it's, it would be very difficult to be the artist that I am today without the training that I've had in the institution. Um, I think that it's really helped me hone my skills and be able to focus on that in a way that I think might've been more difficult if I hadn't have had those opportunities. Um, and um, also just the philosophy of the tribe of, you know, you be generous, be giving. Um, I think that's really at the core of my own personal philosophies is that, you know, you should always give more than you take and that you should always be generous with everybody around you. And I think that that's not really a, a lesson that's generally taught in, gen in the broader society. Um, that I, and I really try to bring it into my own life however I can. Yeah, as a, the kind of reciprocity and, and investment and support. Um, gosh, artists are going to be so sensitive to that, right? Because, I mean... I think there's, there's, a, yeah. there's a huge part of reciprocity in art that I, I see in, in my own life. Artists giving to each other, artists teaching each other. And I think that specifically printmaking is really apt for that because you can make so many and then printmakers will trade um, art with each other all the time. And so that's something that I've kind of become keen to as I've gotten older. Hey, uh, Taylor, I get it. Let me know. All right, we're good. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. That, um, that, that, and again, uh, I appreciate your comments around the support. I see artists, you know, the, the question comes up a lot of time when like I ask, were you an artist when you were born? And the answer that artists give a lot of time can like be really indicative of like how you develop, right? Like I was born into a family of artists, but they all like impressionism or, like, you know. Yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it was, no it was. my my parents are not artists. Um, they're very much so working class folks who, you know, don't really know much about art. But um, my mom knows a little bit um, and, you know, was always trying to, to help me learn about things I was interested in, even though, you know, it was she didn't know how to make art herself. But going to graduate school, I did realize, like, when I would talk to people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, my mom's an artist or like whatever. And I'd be like, wow, like that. You're so lucky. Like I never I can't imagine what that must have been like. Um, it must have really helped you. Uh, I, my parents were always very into sports and I really appreciate them trying to find something I could be interested in. But um, I think they wanted me to like sports more than they wanted me to like art sometimes. <laughs> so it was definitely what I focused on more as a kid. I was a volleyball player instead of, you know, spending all my time making art. Um, but I still learned a lot of, from volleyball, like how to like work in a team, which is something I do all the time now. A lot of my work ends up being collaborative, especially as a printmaker. You're always working with other people to try to make the print happen. Um, and you're never isolated in a print lab. You're always around somebody else. Um, and a lot of my work has become collaborative because I'm interested in the social world. I'm interested in justice. And um, because of that, I've, and I'm interested in politics, frankly. So I've, I think that the skills I learned as a kid still transfer over into being an artist today. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I picked up on a particular point you were saying about like when you went to school and experience I, I had as well, where you're talking to people and like, oh, my dad did this and my mom did this, particularly in the art world. And it cuts both ways. You know, I mean, I found that like when I talk to people about that, they can be so weighed down by their history. Like they're like, fuck art. Like, I don't want to do anything related to art. And they might be an artist or it can be for me. I felt not coming from that background. I felt that I've had freedom, which is scary a lot of the times. Like, what do I even do? But I feel it cuts both ways. And I, I've, I've actually liked the liberation and freedom of not coming from that. <laughs> yeah, I've known so many people who feel like they're in the shadow of their parents. And I can't imagine how difficult that must be um, to feel like I have to measure up to them. I don't feel that way about my parents. We're doing our own things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad does a uh, construction, so we're kind of in like he he does a lot of like uh, commission work and our, things that he would put as artistic. So we have like that in common, yeah. but it's not the same at all. <laughs> so, um, uh, Taylor, we're talking about art, throwing the term around. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is art? think it's a very complicated question because you could say art is any sensory experience but then um, that qualifies a lot of things that might not be art to be art um, especially since I've gotten into art that's more intangible and more of an just an experience or an interaction I'm like well what is art it's so hard to define because I think we've moved beyond art just being an object and being in the realm of objects. Um, so, for example, in the 90s when we started, uh, when artists started making relational art, art became an interaction between individuals or people who wanted to um, experience something in an aesthetic realm, but that wasn't just objects, that was something more social. And so I think that we've kind of moved into this realm where most things can be art if they have any kind of aesthetic experience, even if it's in a very abstract way. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my answer. I think I think that we've like really moved into a weird place with art since we've started making social interactions art. <laughs> and I think it's really hard to define art once you can kind of say everything in the everyday can potentially be art. It becomes how we perceive it and how we categorize it yeah i got another question um and it has to to do about you as an artist in the world is what do you think your art is and what do you think others think your art is good question um I think my art is still very based in the object um, for the most part. I think my art is um, always has political undertones, even when it is something in the more abstract. Um, because when I make art about Coast Salish design, I'm making art about a history that is 
very political inherently and I'm making art about spirituality in a way that is um, that has these messages that are like I'm trying to convey something about my belief system not just in the spiritual realm but about morality and ethics so when I make an art piece about a, a, an oral story about salmon what I'm really talking about is the relationship that human beings have to the natural world. I'm not just talking about, oh, this story, because these stories were made for us to learn and to teach. Um, and I think that that's maybe what my art is about, is trying to convey a message through um, the various types of me mediums that I'm using, because I think that, you know, it's easy to just tell people something like you should believe this but to tell a story that has a message or to um, make artwork that is about a story i think you can kind of subliminate those those like uh, authoritarian ways of of telling people how to believe um how do other people see my art i don't know i mean it's it's hard to be in the shoes of another <laughs> yeah yeah um I think that it's kind of hard for a non-Indigenous um, person to exactly understand what I'm talking about, or even maybe a non-Coast Salish. But I think that you can get hints because you do see things in the natural world coming up. Um, and sometimes I am very blunt about what I'm trying to say. And so if you kind of look at my body of work together, you can piece everything into a wider narrative about, okay, here we're talking about environmentalism quite often we're talking about uh, revitalization of indigenous culture. We're talking about mixed race issues. We're talking about whiteness. We're talking about colonialism. So I think that things, I really hope that my viewer does, even if they don't know all of the specifics of what I'm trying to say, you know, they might not know the story that I'm alluding to in this piece, but they will see there's a connection between my identities, my belief systems, and the imagery that I'm using. Yeah. Can you talk about your, you know, I, I like to, um, I, I, I like to, when, when, when it's appropriate and it's proper, you know, uh, talk about and have a question around, you know, is, does art have a duty to disrupt, right? Uh, the politics of it, the object itself, your right. history. Um, I know artists can be frustrated by like where they come from and trying to create something like it's political because of where it comes from or who right, I am, right. or what I said somewhere. Right. Do you, do, do you find that a, a difficult uh, or problematic dynamic of like getting if, if you, here's what I want to say, if you're trying to have art and, and make a political statement, not a statement, have it be political. Do, do you have do you get frustrated with how you do that or how other people are trying to see it? How do you deal with the political dynamic of it? Right. I, I see what you're saying. And I know a lot of people experience feeling frustrated about like, oh, just because I make art about my identity, that's political to you. And um, yeah, I hear that. And I think that that's a really valid feeling. Um, I, I feel complicated about it. I think I am very excited about the political world. I see the implications it has on the social. And I think that there's some there's something that really drives me there. 
Um, but a lot of people are like, you know, I don't want my work to be perceived that way. And I understand that feeling because it feels like your um, identity maybe is being put into a box. And I, and I don't want to feel that way either. But at the same time, I feel very engaged with the political world. And I also believe that the personal just ends up being political for almost everybody, you know? Um, you know, you can, you know, you might just be making work about being a housewife, but that is inherently political. Because when we talk about the domestic, we're talking about a history of, of gender interactions. And that is inherently a part of our political world. And I, and I, I feel the frustration with it. And maybe someday that won't be the case. Um, but I feel personally very excited about the opportunity to talk about politics in my work. Um, and I don't know, I, I respect how other people feel though, because I do think it is frustrating. Um, and I do get kind of frustrated with the idea that um, there can't just be an aesthetic quality for indigenous artists. Um, and I would really hope that my work wouldn't perpetuate this idea that, you know, just because you're making are about your identity that is there therefore it's political because you know there are people who are whatever identity and they just want to make abstract paintings because they love abstract paintings and that's amazing i want them to be able to not have to talk about their race their gender their whatever in that in you know a discussion about their art because that's not what it's about they just want to make a beautiful painting and i think that that is inherently valid as well as, as any political artwork um, but there's just something about me that I have like a drive for politics. I, I love engaging in local politics and I want, I want to be a part of that so badly. There's something about it that I'm just like drawn to in a way that I can't describe because I feel like there's an opportunity there to make a difference in the world. And I really want to be a part of that opportunity because I think I'm apt for it. Yeah, I, I appreciate your thoughts. I know it's a thing to grapple when I look and, and tied to identity as well. There was something that you had said, um, you know, earlier about like categories of like the work you were doing, what like what is a book, right? And I find that philosophers and, and, and people can find like a lot of fertile stuff in like, what is it? Like, is it this or is it that? And I find that a lot with like identity, like in America, it's like, mm -hmm. are you this or are you that? And it's like, totally. no, <laughs> yeah. neither. And um, right. I think uh, I, I, I'm encouraged recently how there's just um, greater, greater openness and expression and comfort in moving out of that, uh, moving out right. of that uh, politically, because gosh, our system seems dominated by dualities. And I am right. interested in the boundaries. I'm interested in the borders. Um, Same. Thank you. I mean, that's my life, you know, yeah. um, I obviously am extremely white passing and I've gone through the world assumed a white person most of the time, unless I tell you otherwise. So that puts me in a very interesting, different position than a lot of other people. And it's like, I can't divorce my whiteness from who I am and I can't divorce my nativeness from who I am. And I think that makes people really uncomfortable. And I know I've made a lot of people really uncomfortable in my lifetime. And part of me feels really bad. And then part of me is like, 
no, screw you. Like this, this is need. This is a conversation that we need to have because we're stuck in these like binaries, like you said, of like, you are this, you are that with everything about human beings, you know, you can't be two things at once when the world is so complicated. It's really hard to have any kind of black and white in a world that's like so gray, I think. Yeah. Um, I want to ask now uh, about like, um, you, you had graduated and I, I heard a lot of what you had to say, which is something that I'm very interested in is like art community and creation and, 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 and support. Um, uh, do, do you, do you feel like, do, do you feel, um, do you feel like, uh, confident in like that in, in that support over time in building the relationships, um, uh, amongst artists, um, in, in a community, like, it seems like you've really felt that. And there's been a lot of, I know for myself, when I'm interacting, the, the creativity of them runs through me. It's I not try to take theirs, but that seems to be a very healthy environment at the strike being around that community. Yeah. Um, like I said, I come from a printmaker tra tradition and um, that is just inherently people who need community to make their work and are thrust into it. And maybe I, I'm a little bit more of an introverted individual, but I also really enjoy the community aspects of the work that I've made. Um, and I recently um, ended up doing a project um, where I um, collaborated with a nonprofit group called Recess. And um, the community that they have is really incredible. They help um, expunge um, youth's records um, from the prison system, and they give them a job, and they give them training in the arts. And um, so it's this really amazing organization that's working wow. through arts and education to really make a difference in the world. And through that community, I've really been excited to work with art and politics. And I think that um, that is what art can do is we can build this um, ideal world. You know, you want to see the end of the carcer carceral state. Well, here's an example of how we can do this through art, because they're literally helping people um, restructure their lives in a way that um, we can stop the cycle of abuse. Um, and, you know, it's empowering too, because, you know, they're not just like telling you how to be, it's like a very like collaborative environment where people have um, authority over their own lives in a way that I think that the prison system never gives, gives you. Um, and I think that that is really motivating for people to take better control of their lives and so, yeah, I'm like really into this group because I feel this like sense of community and this like amazing opportunity that we could translate into the rest of the world of how art can become a, a, a vehicle for change in your individual lives and in a bigger structure. Um, and they also have a print lab and they use printmaking often. And I think that that's very indicative of how printmaking is this like community space that is very healing that is very um positive for artists because when i hear other people talk about my work or talk about their work ideas go off in my head too 
And I, um, I think that when we're all sharing our ideas rather than like, you know, in our isolated spaces, I think that all of our work gets better. Uh, and so through Pratt and through this organization recess, I, I think I'm really um, gained a lot in friendships and in professional relationships that I hope to take forward to the rest of my life and continue to work with people in those organizations um, for as long as as possible. Yeah. Thank you. I am. Um, and you mentioned of the prison system, of course, it's connection to capitalism. Um, I, I, yeah. I thought of a book, um, the carceral uh, capitalism, I believe it's by mm. Jackie Wang. And uh, okay. I think on the back of it or somewhere, um, this is not going to be an exact quote, but it's a beautiful, beautiful, like, uh, mind blowing thing. What do we make of the beautiful vine along the trellis of the prison walls? Mm. Wow. You know, it's like, what do you know, what do we do with that? It's beautiful. It's in on, it's in, it's in a, a house of pain. Right. So, right. um, I love that. I love that analogy in her, wow. her analysis. Um, thank you for That's your comments. Really uh, yeah. Um, all right, Taylor, why is there something rather than nothing? Yes, this question. <laughs> um, thank you. This is a really interesting question. I've been thinking what is something, okay, whatever you want to define something, what is nothing? Um, I think nothing would be not having consciousness of the world around you. Like going like through the world as like a plant, maybe or an animal in a smaller sense um, who arguably have more or less consciousness. The something is the, our ability to experience the world, remember it and learn from it. Um, and I think that the reason why we have this is because, um, because human beings need other human beings. And we use our consciousness to connect with each other, to create communities, to create culture. And the culture becomes the expression of our something. And so, of course, as an artist, I'm like, the art becomes the expression of the something. Because that's how we communicate. That's how we created culture. That's how we remembered our culture was, you know, carving on a rock wall. It's how we have become who we are. And it's how we've expressed our consciousness. Um, and, you know, I guess there's a lot of ways you could go with that. But... That's, I'm, I'm always thinking about culture and, um, and what its role is in society. And so I think that's kind of immediately where my brain goes is something is consciousness and consciousness happens because we needed culture. Yeah. Thank you. And it, I, I, I was basing this on, you just graduated yesterday. I'm smart enough to go right to the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's hot off, she's hot, hot, hot off the uh, MFA, yeah. the MFA and like Press. now I'm going to ask the question. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're always like asking those types of philosophical, philosophical questions in our degrees. So yeah, I was ready. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Taylor, I want people to connect uh, with 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 your art and mm -hmm. and finding you. And um, can you can you tell us? I mean, physical places to find things uh, online. Um, yeah. I, 
I want people to, I want the listeners to be able to see your work. Where, where do they go? How do they navigate? Okay. So, um, my, the best place to find my work on the internet is my Instagram, uh, Taylor Dean art. And, um, I also have a website, but I don't remember the URL. (laughs) 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 It's a Wix website. Um, Hey, Taylor, it will be in the show notes. You're off the hook. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll send that to you. Um, Yeah, I recently made a new website for myself um, with all my MFA work on it. And um, in person, I kind of have a lot of stuff going on. So I have an exhibition happening in Astoria, Oregon. It's a group exhibition, and it is um, an all-Indigenous artist exhibition curated by an Indigenous artist. And it's going to be at uh, 1312 Commercial Street in Astoria, Oregon. Um, I want to make sure that's the right address, um, which maybe we could put that in the bio as well. That's so wonderful. I love this yeah. story and here that's all in Indigenous show. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is 1312 Commercial Street, so I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I've actually, I don't think I've ever been to Astoria, weirdly enough, and I've, you know, lived in Portland for over 20 years. So. <laughs> um, it'll be fun. I want to, like, take a road trip and kind of go up and down the coast for that show. But And then I have another work in Washington. Uh, I'm going to be a part of what's called the Bellwether Festival, and uh, I'm going to be having a large scale mural in this festival. <clears throat> and I believe the dates for that starts on September 10th and it's going to be in Bellevue, Washington. And I can get the exact um, locations on that yeah. as well. Yeah, and um, when's the Astoria one open up? Uh, I believe June 12th, June 12th. Oh, wow, so That's soon. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear about that. I, I, I like, a story. I'm. 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 A, I grew up in Rhode Island, drawn to the oceans, right. and there's a kind of that wild, violent uh, ocean history, and uh, it's. It's a. You could. It feels different there. It feels different there. I think you'll pick up uh, on it, but uh, very excited to hear about um, that show. I know, for sure, I will be going to Astoria for that. <laughs> we. Yeah. I'm. I'm definitely going to be there on the opening. Um, I have one other work that's going to be on the East Coast for our East Coast listeners. Um, It's going to be on Roosevelt Island near the FDR for Freedoms um, statue. And it's a collaborative piece with artist Sean Leonardo, and it's going to be a sculpture. So that's my three pieces that I have um, on display right now. Amazing. Well, you do have a lot. You do have a lot going on, and within I know, that, I do. I do. Um, I'm ha- I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to have had the time uh, with you to be able to 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 talk about these questions and Absolutely. you know uh, connect the listeners to to what you're up to because um, it's um, it's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting, and I like a lot of what you had to say as far as I was able to connect to as far as you know the the art process which i'm still uh, new to so i'm a learner i'm a learner right. um and i appreciate you know uh learning from you um of course. i wanted to thank you so much for for taking some time and coming on to the onto the podcast um it's been gr- great to meet you and i i really look forward to seeing a lot more of your artwork 
Me too. And I'm excited to continue to listen to your show. I'm really glad that you reached out to me. And this was such an amazing opportunity to just kind of think through what is really going on with me. What am I thinking about? So, yeah, it's, thank you. It's, 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 it's a cool thing to think. I know it's not a cool 2021 thing. I mean, everybody's screaming like <laughs> nobody's thinking, but we can take some time to think together. It's totally fine. Absolutely. I agree. Thank you so much, Taylor. Talk to you soon. This is Something Rather Than Nothing.